Welcome aboard to Cruise Radio, your home port for everything cruising and more. Subscribe to our newsletter and weekly radio show at cruiseradio.net. From the Cruise One Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio and join our Facebook page, facebook.com slash cruise radio. I know we said we were going to be aboard the Carnival Dream this week, but uh, that has been postponed till next week. Mm-hmm. Still a stellar show this time. Yes. Travel guru Chris Elliott from Elliott. We'll talk to us about his article, Revenge of the Hotel Clerks. Yeah, and Johnny Jet from johnnyjet.com. This guy travels like 150,000 miles a year, and he gets paid to do it. Yeah, pretty cool. We'll talk to him in a bit, too. But first, Stuart Shearer, the cruise guy, is with us. Hello, Stuart. Matt, Doug, how's it going? Let's first start with the CLIA 2009 stats. For those who don't know, it's the Cruise Line International Association. Uh, Their cruise industry impact study. We want to hear about that. Well, it's actually very interesting because the uh, even with the global recession, cruising still had a $35.1 billion economic impact in North America alone in 2009. But uh, that's down slightly from 2008, which was a record year of $40.2 billion. Wow. So it's, it's certainly very good news. And of the 30, uh, $35.1 billion in gross output, which uh, that included... Three three hundred and thirteen thousand nine hundred ninety-eight jobs, paying fourteen point two three billion in wages and salaries, and direct cruise industry spending totaled about seventeen point fifteen billion, which which is a lot. Dang! Give us some more stats. More stats. Doug wishes he was a little taller. Wishes he was better paid. Wish I was a baller. <laughs> uh, I love the rap music. The good news is that cruising actually it touches the economies of all 50 states, and 10 of the states uh, account for 78% of the industry's direct domestic purchases. Um, and those states in order are Florida, California, Texas, New York, Alaska, Washington, Georgia, Illinois, Massachusetts, and believe it or not, Colorado. Colorado. So it's it's uh, these are some you know big numbers and seventy eight percent of of the economic impact is is you know result directly benefiting you know those top ten states the largest state you know which is Florida the passenger and crew visits uh, accounted for seven point six million and uh, the cruise lines uh, spent uh, five point eight billion directly and uh, you know which accounted for just over the thirty four percent of uh, the industry's direct spending in all of North America. Wow. So the, the industry makes a significant impact. And, uh, you know, in all of, all of the U.S. embarkations of passengers, Florida has 59% of it. Wow. That so is... it's, it's, big, it's big, you know, especially you know, between the three largest cruise ports in the world, which in order are Miami, uh, Port Everglades, and then Port Canaveral. So, Stuart, it appears that some major media outlets are picking up on this Brownsville story. Got to ask you, what's the deal with it? Well, don't get me started on Brownsville, but uh, <laughs> last week, oh, USA boy. Today, uh, you know, Cruise Log uh, picked up on, on the story and, you know, kind of ran with it. And, you know, it's, it's just becoming so, it's, it's almost bordering on the, on the absurd. But it, it's, it's certainly a very funny topic. Notice uh, Savannah, Georgia has just been very quiet. And you know, kind of you know, watching I guess all this uh, joking around going, but uh, again, there, there's just absolutely no conceivable way that Brownsville, Texas, uh, would be able to uh, host a cruise ship or even a visit, because you know, putting everything aside, if you know, considering 80 percent of the people that go on cruises out of Texas 
live in Texas. Mm-hmm. So they've already been to, let's say, Padre Island. Why in the world on a Caribbean cruise would they want to stop in Brownsville? It's the same thing as if you know I lived in California and I'm going on a Mexican Riviera cruise and I want to spend one of my days uh, in Catalina Island where I've been you know, a kajillion times. Right. They want to hit Mexico. They want to hit the Caribbean. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the same thing in Florida. If I'm sailing out of Jacksonville or Port Canaveral, the last place you know, I want to stop is another city. And you know, it's like, okay, hey, why don't we uh, make a port call in Vero Beach? Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's just no, you know, or St. Augustine. Right. I mean, as nice as St. Augustine is, you know, with the golfing and, and the Tommy Bahama outlet store that's there. Yeah. Um, there, there's more to do. But, you know, with all due respect, you know, the people are driving up to Jacksonville. They're catching a cruise. And the last thing they want to do is stop in a, a regular, you know, a Florida port. They want the Caribbean. And in fact, they, they'd even be happy with uh, maybe two days in Nassau instead. Speaking of Caribbean, let's talk about the Grand Cayman there. Uh, so let me get this straight. The Grand Cayman, you have to tender out there. There's no actual piers there, correct? It's, it's, it's amazing. I've you know, been going there for you know, since 21 years, and you're still tendering into this small pier, this harbor. And uh, there's certainly there's been a lot of talk about build, finally building a pier, which, I mean, I could tell you one time I was there, I mean, there were seven ships which accounted for 25,000 passengers in Grand Cayman at one time. And they haven't seen those kind of numbers in several years because a lot of the lines are going elsewhere. They're well, going me- to other ports. They may be, you know, Grand Cayman is definitely one of the best ports in the Caribbean. But because they don't have a pier, a lot of the lines are going to islands that, that have better facilities that can accommodate the cruise passengers. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is it just because they have to anchor out there and take a tender boat? Is that what's stopping a bunch of lines from going to Grand Cayman? Well, they get a lot on their passenger on those comment cards. Uh-huh. A lot of people say, you know, we like going, but the tender is really a pain in the neck. Not to mention, if the weather isn't perfect, the, they, 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 will cut the, they will cancel going into the port. So, you know, as much as you, you were excited about going into Grand Cayman, you wanted to go to diving, you wanted to go to the beach, you wanted to go shopping, you can't do it because they, they canceled the port call because the, the weather was inclement. Right. Had there been a pier, they still could have docked, they still could have gotten off the ship and still had a nice day. And it's, it's, it's a shame, but, you know, that's how a lot of these other ports, like uh, Costa Maya and, and some, some other ports are in the development mode because they're building piers. So in the back end, the Grand Cayman's actually losing money from it. They're losing millions of dollars every year, and you know it's it's not it's not unheard of for cruise lines to get involved in these development projects. As Royal Caribbean, for example, is in uh, uh, Falmouth, Jake, uh, Jamaica, as as Carnival uh, did in uh, the one they did in, in Cozumel with their pier. Royal Caribbean did the same thing in developing a pier. But uh, Carnival Corp uh, developed a beautiful facility in the Turks and Caicos and actually put them on the map as a, as a port of call and you know even though they're in the Atlantic I mean they've got beautiful beaches and lots to do and it's done fantastic as a port of call and, and Carnival did a great job developing it so the same thing the cruise lines could help develop the pier uh, it'll get more ships in there and, and the passengers it's one of the absolute best islands to visit let's get to our listener email we always love getting those you can email comments at cruiseradio.net this one from Allison in Mobile she writes, if you have a food allergy, should you let your reservation agent know? Yes, and I, what I also recommend doing is they pass that information on to the cruise line. So there may be some uh, food-appropriate um, you know, measures that they can uh, guide you to. 
Um, and uh, it's actually a very timely question, considering a passenger board Norwegian Epic uh, recently died from a heart attack, allegedly resulting from uh, food allergies. But uh, we know that at this point, we still don't have uh, an update on uh, autopsy results. So that's definitely a story we're still going to you know, keep after for you. All right, this next one from Michael in Charleston. Yeah, it says, I got a certificate in the mail from Caribbean Cruise Lines, and they're trying to get me to go on this free cruise, but it seems too good to be true, and the Better Business Bureau says otherwise. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's interesting, because uh, there is no cruise line called Caribbean Cruise Line. That's actually a tour operator or a, you know, one of these certificate companies that is uh, fronting and or has a, is a wholesaler for... Celebration Cruise Line, which is a uh, two-night tour operator. I mean, they're they're not a multi-day cruise line. They are a tour operator. Yeah. They're based in uh, uh, Palm. And uh, what what happens is on those uh, cruises, uh, one, you still have to pay the uh, government taxes. You are subject to um, you know their their fuel surcharges. But putting that aside, uh, from the horrors that we've been hearing, is that you are also subject. To an extensive timeshare presentation. Oh so, boy! You know, one of those things. It's too good to be true. Believe me when I tell you. First of all, this is not a cruise line. Um, it's it's a two night, uh, you know, cruise to the Bahamas where you're overnighting on a ship that you know was built a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far <laughs> away. It is not representative of what uh, cruising is today. And you know, I've heard I've heard some stories. In fact, uh, Cruise Critic had a story where they were quoting uh, some people that were told that they did not attend the timeshare uh, seminar uh, while in the Bahamas, then uh, they would be denied boarding uh, the ship to go home. And, you know, if that's the case, you know, personally, if I made the mistake in going, I, you know, rather than having to subject myself uh, to one of these uh, sessions, um, you might as well just, uh, you know, get on a flight and, and get out of there because it's a colossal waste of time and uh, it's, it's not worth the effort. So, as you said, Doug, if it's too good to be true, it is. And uh, when you see these uh, certificates, um, you know, throw them away. All right. Stuart Shearer on The Cruise Guy will be back with us later in the show with your hot deals. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel. Or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. Follow me. Once again, nice to have travel expert Chris Elliott of Elliott.org. Chris, always love to have you here on Cruise Radio. And it's always good to be here. Too. Sure it is. You, you've got uh, an article that caught our attention, Revenge of the Hotel Clerks, Five Things They'll Do to Difficult Guests. Now, we all know that if you uh, mouth off to your server in a restaurant, you don't know what you're going to get. But you're, you're suggesting it's true with the uh, hotel clerks. It is. You know, hotel clerks are trained to be these mild-mannered, yes, people who, you know, stand behind the desk. But if you're rude or snippy to one of them, they may very well put you in a bad room or make you wait for a room or charge your card for more than you are supposed to be charged. There's all kinds of things they can do if you're not nice to them. Well, I'm looking at number one here, make you wait. How, how long could they possibly make you wait here? Well, each hotel, as I'm sure you're aware, has a check-in time. If you get there early, they are well within their rights to keep you waiting, and sometimes a little bit longer, too, if the room is not ready. So 
uh, who's to say if your room is not ready or if they're just saying that your room is not ready. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, you, you uh, really should be as polite as possible if you want to get into your room on time. The second one here is freeze your credit card. Now, this doesn't sound good if you're on vacation. No, it's, it's definitely not good. What happens with when you're staying at a hotel is that it will place an authorization on your card. And I have heard of and I have spoken with hotel employees who tell me that they can sometimes uh, place an authorization on your card that effectively maxes it out. Mm. So, again, if you're not nice, they can add an extra zero to that authorization, and you're not going to be able to use that card for the rest of your vacation. Screwed, yeah. Or they could uh, assign you the least desirable room? Yeah, you know, I mean, look, there are any number of ways you could end up in a bad room, and you know what I'm talking about. That's, that's the room that's between the elevator and the ice machine and just below the disco. And, uh, you know, one way is it's a full hotel, and maybe you've made the reservation on one of the discount websites like Priceline or Hotwire, and they're not going to give you the best room in the house. But another way, and this is something that people don't talk about very much, is you can just mouth off to the hotel clerk, and the clerk will be more than happy, because those people who are working there, of course, know which rooms are the worst ones, and they'll be happy to put you in it. Here's an interesting one. Uh, find an extracurricular way to torture you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> there are all sorts of ways uh, that a hotel uh, employee can inflict pain on you. You know, extra stir charges is another one. Uh, late charges, I did a whole column on late charges, and, and you know, you, you, you can get um, uh, a, a bill and think that that bill is all you're going to pay, and then five days later, eight days later, you can look at your credit card statement and see that they've actually decided to charge you, I don't know, say a $250 cleaning fee because they say that you smoked in the room, and you have to go and disprove that. Very difficult to say, uh, I didn't smoke in the room. Right. Even if you're a non-smoker, how are you going to show them that you didn't smoke? So there's just you know any number of little things that they can do outside the normal process, extracurricular, as it were, to inflict pain and, and suffering on you. Well, you even cite an example here where one guest was, was getting harassing phone calls when she got back home and, and also at her work. Oh, yeah. Now, that that is one that, uh, since this piece ran, I've gotten a lot of feedback from hotel people, and, and needless to say, they're very upset that this kind of thing would, would ever happen. <laughs> yeah, he, of course, you, you do get your, uh, the hotel employees have access to your phone number and your personal records, and, and this guy took her, the interaction between uh, this customer and, and him so personally that he ended up calling her outside of work and um, harassing her, and they uh, they actually ended up tracing some of the calls back to the hotel, yeah. oh. and so um, they ended up. Uh, the hotel ended up settling with this woman, and the employee is no longer there. Chris, while we're talking about hotels, can you explain to us uh, what a resort fee is, and if we have to pay it? A resort fee is a fee that a lot of um, hotels and resorts have added to their room rate. It's a mandatory charge; you have to pay it usually, and it includes all of the things that used to be offered a la carte, so access to the exercise room, access to the pool, access to pool towels, internet, phone calls. And what hotels have done is, it's a lot like the airlines, they'll quote you a base rate, you know, uh, $79 a night, and then when you arrive, there'll be this extra $20 a night 
resort fee that you have to pay. So um, it, it, actually, if, if the, in a perfect world, they would be quoting you a rate that included all of that, but it's unfortunately not a perfect world. Before we let you go, gotta hear your take on the JetBlue employee Stephen Slater incident. I think that I wasn't surprised when it happened because I, I know that the flight attendants are under a great deal of pressure and uh, their job satisfaction is not all that high right now. Right. They've faced a lot of cutbacks and their, their benefits have been reduced and their working hours have been increased. So all that kind of adds up. Plus, passengers are not happy with all the, the fees and just generally the way they've been treated. <clears throat> Although, if I had to point the finger at one airline, I wouldn't start with JetBlue. JetBlue actually is one of the better airlines. Yeah. But still, you know, it's possible to have disgruntled employees at any airline. Which one would you point your finger at? <laughs> well, there's one of the legacy carriers. Ah. So, you know, one of the mainline carriers that, have, that existed before deregulation. Gotcha. So, um, you know, I think that the one, one thing that struck me the most about Steven Slater and the whole incident surrounding him was how we rushed judgment. We immediately wanted to make him the hero. And in retrospect, as you look back, I think... Most of us now realize that he probably was not the hero that we all believed him to be uh, at the very beginning. But you see these interviews of close friends and family who are filled with such conviction that he could never do anything like that. He, he loves working in the industry so much. I don't know. You know, <laughs> strictly between us, I think he probably needs to find another line of work right now. Because, yeah. Uh, It'll be a cold day in hell before JetBlue hires him back. Yeah. <laughs> we always love uh, hearing from you, Mr. Elliot. Chris Elliot found at Elliot.org, travel guru. Um, thanks for talking to us, man. Hey, you're welcome. Have a good one, guys. You've been dreaming lately about a romantic tropical cruise to the Caribbean? Cruise One. Or how about a breathtaking scenic cruise to Alaska? Cruise One. Or how about the Mexican Riviera? Or Cancun. Cousin. Or New England. Or Canada. Or Italy. Or Greece. Or the Far East. Or how about a cruise around the whole world? Cruise One. Got a dream vacation for you. Cruise One. Let us send you on your way. Cruise One. Number one in cruising nationwide. Cruise One has more than 550 cruise specialists nationwide ready to help you plan your dream cruise. And speaking with a local Cruise One expert is as easy as calling toll-free 1-800-CRUISE and the number one. That's 1-800-CRUISE-1 or find us online at cruiseone.com. Number one in cruising nationwide. Cruise One. Yeah. Each episode, we talk about Porthole Cruise Magazine's Picks of the Week. While guidebooks and shore excursion booklets will provide plenty of options of things to do in port, don't overlook the fact that there just might be a special event like a festival or a concert that's going on while you're there, too. You can log on to the city's website or tourist board to see if there are any local events planned while you're in town, whether it be for the day or before or after your cruise. For example, if you happen to be sailing from Seattle this Labor Day weekend, September 4th through the 6th, you should definitely check out the city's Bumbershoot Music and Arts Festival, one of the five largest arts festivals in the United States. It features 2,500 regional, national, and international performers who draw hundreds of thousands of people during the three-day festival. Now in its 40th year, the festival is held on the 74 acre grounds of the Seattle Center. 
and features a lineup of musicians, comedians, dancers, films, and so much more. Performers set to take the main stage this year include Bob Dylan, Rise Against, Caesar, and Mary J. Blige. For more, visit Bumbershoot.org. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Excited to have our next guest here on Cruise Radio. Very interesting guy found at johnnyjet.com. He is Johnny Jet. Welcome to Cruise Radio. Thanks for having me on. Uh, first, let me just say, Johnny Jet has traveled 150,000 miles a year for the past 10 years. Are you lying? No, you know what? I used to be afraid to fly. You couldn't get me on a plane in high school. I got over my fear. I was actually afraid to leave the house. <laughs> I was looking forward to watching Monday Night Football and just, you know, in TV shows. And now, you know, I don't even watch TV. And, and since January 1st of this year, the tally is now just over 84,000 miles flown. In 17 countries. Man! Wow! Correct me if I'm wrong. You're making your sole income off of traveling and writing, correct? But, that is correct. And, and you know, I key- started the website all for fun back in 99, and it just kind of took off. And you're also a keynote speaker, right? Yeah, I, I, I do now make some money uh, speaking, yeah. but, you know, most of my income is from just the website. So tell us then how it went from a hobby to your sole income. Well, again, I used to be afraid to fly, and and when I started working for a college in California, they had me recruiting, and I was like, man, I used to have to sit in the back of the bus, sit in long lines to get there, have be served bad food, and I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And I'd watch all these business class travelers or just business travelers just cruise right up to the front of the line, grab their ticket, walk on board, <laughs> sit in a really nice seat, eat good food, and come get off first. And you know, their bag would be waiting for them. I'm like, man, I got to start learning these secrets. So I started reading everything, um, just asking questions to everybody: flight attendants, pilots, business travelers. And watching TV, you know, travel programs, and just started going to conferences and learning these tricks. And uh, then I started putting my tips together for uh, all my friends who worked in the same office as me, and it just started evolving. You know, the internet was brand new, and I was just sending emails out saying, listen, we're all on a tight budget, but we can stay in a four-star hotel for under $50 if we use this website, like Priceline. Right. And they just started sending it to their friends, and it just started taking off. And uh, people had no idea who they were were emailing me saying, hey can I get on your email list? I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And then I, you know, people used to call me Johnny Jetski because I used to grow up in, in Long Island Sound, Jetski. And then I was right. like, you need to come up with a name. I was like, well, how about uh, Johnny Jet? And sure enough, the internet was so brand new back then, it was available. I should have bought McDonald's.com. I would have made a billion. <laughs> so you're building up your mailing list and whatnot. At what point then does the money start rolling in? First, I had this email newsletter, and then at the college, I had one of the students make me a website just because every week I was sending out a different website of the week for everyone on the email blast, and I couldn't find what I was looking for in my own bookmarks and folders. So the student made me a really basic website. I just said I just wanted everything laid out, and within three months, USA Today made it website of the week. And once they wrote about it, it really took off. Yeah. I mean, it went in all the, the new systems, and people were calling me up saying, turn on the TV right now, your website of the day for CNBC Power <laughs> oh, Lunch. Man. And I'm like, you're joking. Amazing what a little coverage can do for you, ain't it? Yeah. We're talking to Johnny Jet, found at johnnyjet.com. You can also follow him on Twitter uh, at Johnny Jet. But you recently went aboard the Seabourn Sojourn. Uh, tell us about that cruise. You know what? I went on the Odyssey last year, which yeah. is their sister ship. Yeah. And it's basically pretty much, it's actually exactly the same ship, yeah. which is 
magnificent. You know, it's 225 rooms, holds 450 people, but the ship is so big it could hold 1,000 people. So everyone has a suite. I think 90-something percent of the rooms have verandas. And it's just like, man, once you do a, so, a seaborne cruise, it's tough to go back and do others because there's no wait to get off the ship if you're doing excursions. The food is outstanding. The service, you know, for breakfast, there's a buffet, and you go through it. And all of a sudden, right when you're done with it, there's a guy trying to grab your plate. I'm like, what are you doing grabbing my food? He's like, no, I'm going to walk you to your seat. I'm like, I can, I can carry it myself. They're like, no, 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 no. And there's <laughs> someone there waiting to carry your food for you, even if you have like a, an oatmeal. <laughs> the service is just ridiculous. This is a newer like, ship, right? Oh, it's brand new. This ship just came out. Actually, I was at the naming ceremony in June mm-hmm. in London, and then I flew back to Europe you know, a couple weeks ago and just did the Baltic Sea um, cruise. Twelve days, seven cities. Or seven countries and cities. So, Johnny, what ports did you hit? Uh, we started in Copenhagen, went to Stockholm, Helsinki, St. Petersburg, spent two nights in St. Petersburg. Then we went to Tallinn, Estonia, and then Poland and Germany. Warmenard. Nice. And then back to Copenhagen. Johnny, tell us quickly about the entertainment. Well, you know what? I went on the Norwegian Epic about two months ago, so the entertainment doesn't compare to that ship. But this yeah. is, you know, they have speakers who talk, you know, historians. They have, they had like a gem guy talking about stones. Uh, they had a magician. Yeah. You know, it's nothing really to rave home about. Clown making but, balloon animals. No, no, no. It's not. There's no kids. There was like three <laughs> kids on the ship. They're right. bored. You don't want to bring a kid on the ship. That's right. like torture. <laughs> but for an adult, I mean, there's nothing better. I mean, I, for honeymooners or anything, anniversary, any kind of romantic getaway. I mean, it's just. It's just so quiet and peaceful. You don't hear anyone crying, screaming. And, um, but the entertainment, you know, there's nothing, there's no late night discos. Yeah. They do have, you know, they have singers and pianos, but you're not there for the entertainment. You can find him at johnnyjet.com or follow him on Twitter at johnnyjet. Johnny, thanks for talking to us, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Here on the Cruise Guy is back with your hot deals. What you got? Well, guys, uh, this week continues. This is the last week of uh, sales by sister companies. We've got uh, Oceania offering uh, two-for-one pricing, including free air and up to $3,000 bonus savings off their next uh, Oceania cruise and their sister company, Regent, which is a six-star line. They're doing two-for-one pricing, free air, up to $2,000 bonus savings, and free and reduced shore excursions. And if you want the business class air, uh, let's say to Europe, uh, they've got pricing starting from just $999 per person atop of your cruise fare. So that's a good uh, business class air upgrade. Uh, you know, something a little closer to home, uh, Canada, New England, the uh, leaves in Canada are in full swing and changing. So uh, it's a good time to get uh, to get up to New York. Uh, Carnival Glory still has some very good deals on their seven night sailings which are incredibly popular, uh, departing from New York to Boston, Portland, and then uh, St. John and Halifax up in Canada. And, I mean, they got pricing from $529 per person. Uh, Celebrity Eclipse is going to begin her Caribbean sailings, her inaugural Caribbean sailings, starting on November 20th, doing seven-night Eastern or Western Caribbean from Miami. How's that for excitement, guys? Nice. Nice. 
and she's going to be having some introductory pricing from $599 per person. Um, and uh, one of our favorite ships, Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. Talking about big ships, this is the largest cruise ship in the world. For the first time, uh, we're starting to see some price breaks. Uh, last, you know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, prices starting to tip under the uh, $1,000 mark. Uh, we've actually found some fall pricing where there are some balcony guarantees where you can get uh, from $999 per person, you can get yourself a balcony cabin guarantee uh, doing on, the, on Oasis for seven night Eastern or Western Caribbean out of uh, Fort Lauderdale. All right. Thanks, Stuart. She around the cruise guy found at cruiseguy.com or you can follow him on Twitter at cruise guy. And you can follow us on Twitter while you're there at nice. cruise radio or become a friend on Facebook, facebook.com slash cruise radio. <laughs> Next week. We really will be uh, aboard the carnival dream. Really? Or are we just going to say it again? Yeah, we'll be able to say it again. Okay. We'll be there. Love the ship. Nice people, and I uh, look forward to sharing that with you uh, again next week. From the Cruise One Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio.